0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. Not
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure Athlete yeah. a transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets so. up. If you're going to Blitz... Come strong, but don't come at that. all. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to be damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets so. up If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with a Thanksgiving week edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Matt, I'm sorry for running my trap and uh, messing up the intro, so my apologies there. Uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for being a part of this week's presentation of Longhorn Blitz 10 years and going strong. And that's all because of you, the listeners, supporting this podcast. So thank you very, very much. we got a lot to get into. Before we do it, if you're not a subscriber to the Horns 24-7 podcast feed, you can do that and get every episode of Longhorn Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. Just search Horns 24-7. That's Horns two four seven. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. It's all together. Find it, click that follow button, get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and get over to Horns247.com. The latest and greatest in Longhorn team news, notes, and nuggets. The best recruiting coverage in the Texas market with Mike Roach and Hudson Standish is all there for you at horns 247. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing well, man. How about you? Other than the fact that I had to take a cold shower this morning, mm. I'm tremendous. Yeah, I heard about that one. Pile of pilot light mishap that I'm told by the wife has been resolved, so... Soon as we're done here, I will be going to take a bath. Yeah, it's a lot.
0: Di- <laughs> it's a lot different than summer cold shower. Maybe not so bad when it's frigid. That yeah. is, bad.
1: when it's 45 outside, it's uh, it's a little rough. So it will wake That's you up this water. morning. I didn't need the Coke Zero to get me going. That cold shower will perk you up pretty quick. A uh, man who's always perked up, he's always ready and rare to go. He wears many hats, including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. It's 104.91019, <laughs> AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, uh, you, where you can hear uh, him with Mike Harge each and every weekday from 3 to 7. But for the purposes of this podcast, he is our Lockdown Corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank
2: you for the intro, brother. I Ro- appreciate it. As Rod, long you long. being a man
1: of the people, has anybody asked to see your your black DBU card?
2: No, nobody's ever asked to see it. I guess I just assume I got it, or maybe I lost it with my t ring. We need to <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to manufacture you one
2: so you uh, can carry it around. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, a DBU squad should get together and have something. Yeah, official. we thought about. I think we had shirts for a while, but then that kind of died out. And then we had the, the hats. Courtesy of Last Stand hat, shout out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, need something new. I agree. Need yeah. something else. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's up. I think that's up to you, old heads, to to do that. That's true. You're one of the old heads now, Rod.
2: I trust me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am reminded of that all the time. Oh, well, Rod! <laughs> something
1: that used to happen with great frequency back when you were on the Forty Acres mm-hmm. was beating Kansas like they stole something. Yeah, yeah. And we mm-hmm. thought this was going to be a competitive game because it's it's Texas. It's on the road. Texas hasn't played well in mm-hmm. Lawrence. Hadn't covered a spread against Kansas since 2015. Boy, did the Bevos cover over the weekend. 55-14, and I'd say probably eh, early second quarter, whenever Kansas had that fourth and one. They got called back. It was a touchdown. They yeah, got they called back with a penalty. A while, then, yeah. And then they missed the field goal. Once they missed the field goal, Quickly squashed, the game so. was over at yep. that point. It was just a matter of how bad it was going to be. Let me tell you guys this. Rod, I know I talked to you and was texting you during the pregame show mm-hmm. while I was there. On my drive into Lawrence, the wind didn't seem that bad. Yeah. Once I got to Lawrence, though, took, and yeah. pulled up to the stadium and saw tailgate flags blowing straight from the north mm-hmm. and the stadium flags, I'm like, oh, yeah, a wind's going to be a factor today because it's different than Boone Picking Stadium, not only the north-south setup, but they don't have – it's bowled off in the, at the north end of the stadium. But, Rod, you've been there. There's no upper deck to protect you from yeah, the so wind. It just, it just cuts straight through, yeah. and I'm like – it's not conducive to throwing the football today. I think we saw that when uh, Daniel Trejo's first punt went straight into the wind, and it kind of went up and kind of died, and it was yeah. like a twenty-three yard punt.
0: And then Jalen Daniels threw the deep ball with the wind that would have been a <laughs> touchdown, and he thought it was, and then it just was out past outstretched arms. Oh, and yeah, that yeah. that was all wind because that was right afterwards it in was. the first quarter.
2: Yeah, that was last they get that uh, the tripod bunch out mm-hmm. like right over there, right? Yeah. But
1: Rod, what the the <laughs> conditions did it forced Sartre to do two things. One, the vertical game really couldn't happen the way he likes it to. So he had to call more high-percentage throws for Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. And two, just give the ball to five and let him let him spin. And good Lord, did he spin on yeah. Saturday. I hope it was more than just
2: the, the weather conditions. I hope part of it was humility on his part too, um, that he just tried to simplify the offense, strip it down, you know, take away some of the complexity and the sophistication of the passing game. And just kind of strip it down to its most basic form. I mean, you only had two passes of 20 plus yards in that game. You completed one of them, so you won of two. I think they had six passes total for Quinn Ewers over 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm sure weather did play a role, and it should have, because coaches should consider that. Yeah. But you should also consider your quarterback was struggling and your, and your degree of difficulty that you were uh, organizing within your mm-hmm. passing game was making it a a non-quarterback-friendly offense, right? It wasn't user-friendly for for Quinn Ewers. And I'm not saying that Quinn Ewers, at one point, won't be able to master the entire Sark offense. He will. We expect Uh, him to be, Exactly, and he does have the arm talent that is, I mean, you're talking about generational. I heard uh, even Trent Dilfer talking about Trent Dilfer said, oh, man, you get an arm like Quinn Ewers every 50 years or so, like it's Jeff (laughs) George-like. So it goes without saying, uh, but like I said before, you know, being well endowed doesn't make you, a, you know, a great lover. Right? It <laughs> takes a lot to do that, right? Attention to detail. Uh, there's a lot thrown in the mix. And being, being a great quarterback, is the same thing, right? Having a great arm doesn't necessarily make you a great quarterback. we about the footwork, uh, the leadership, the poise, attention to detail, all those little things. A ton of, of data points thrown in there. And that's the same thing Quinn, uh, Trent difference said about Quentin yours, and I think it's true. So we're just watching him. You know, mature and progress, right? A young quarterback, young players, Period. I've talked about the baseline before on this show, right? You don't have a baseline as a young player. You have kind of the roller coaster of development. Sometimes we see our highs and go, damn, that dude's going to be a first-round pick. And sometimes we see your lows and go, okay, can Hudson Card get some reps here? Because this is not working <laughs> out, right? And that's just the, that's the way it is. It's not linear. Exactly, right? And Sark is trying, I think Sark now, hopefully, Part of that game plan, you know, not just the weather, was him going back to square one and saying, all right, you know what? I got to develop a baseline for this guy because we're all over the damn place. We're erratic, all right? And he's still thinking about Oklahoma, first quarter Mm -hmm. Alabama, Quinn yours, and everybody else is like, hey, man, have you watched in the last two or three weeks? Because he ain't that. And yeah. that's what we call regression. And hopefully it start getting back to the basics. Yes, some stuff you can't correct to the offseason. That's just kind of the long-term projects. But some of it is getting your quarterback comfortable and getting them back in a rhythm. And that's what I thought that game plan did. I love that game plan. It mm-hmm. was all about easy completions, high percentage throws for his quarterback. And, yes, at times you're going to need him to throw the football vertical downfield. But he took away the verticality. And, like I said, I hope it wasn't all just the weather. I hope it was actually coming to the realization that you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, unsuccessfully inspecting different results. And that's exactly what he was doing with the deep ball for the last three or four weeks or so. Yeah. Yep.
0: And when you look at it, the rhythm aspect, I think, really can't go undervalued. But also talk about the – you put it the best way that I could think about it, the degree of difficulty. Because we see that, like you say, in the oh. Olympics when you're talking exactly. about a gymnastics routine in like or a diving competition. And you'll see that there are certain people that have – just a universe that they can live in beyond everybody. But if you aren't accurately assessing your skills, how much you are actually, your success rate of performing to that level, because you're also maybe have a higher up in, by definition you're asking yourself to do a lot more than other people are and then if that difficulty's there and you aren't accurately assessing say if you're Sark, your quarterback's ability to consistently hit that level, it isn't like, I mean there's human element to this, there's human exactly. or there's so many things that come into it to where we're sort of all programmed in us just watching games, like you see the ceiling and think that this guy, well he showed it to us, why isn't it going to happen again? Every time, And that's where the <laughs> yeah. rhythm aspect I yeah. think is a big deal because I think Sark saw that maybe through fall camp saw it in week one had some troubles but then saw against Alabama but then abruptly the injury happens Mm -hmm. and then he gets to come back against Oklahoma which traditionally is viewed as a tough team if you can perform in a Texas OU game you can do it against anybody but the Oklahoma defense the last couple years has not been good and last year wasn't good this year's even worse. So we see him execute so well in that game. He's, oh, yeah, look what he did to Bama, to Oklahoma. It's over. But this it, is look, the starting point. But now well, look where, where the where, ba- be. <laughs> yeah. look where the Bama defense is right now compared to where we thought. You're Great seeing point. people like LSU and Jalen Daniels winning games in the 30s against a team like that. And, I mean, that dude couldn't put Jaden Daniels, not Jalen Daniels, but he couldn't do anything when he was at Arizona yeah. State. Now he's beating Bama. And then you have, like, Texas having to deal with this situation where you think you have – Something and then it's just thrown into the Okie State game Where the weather conditions Who knows what factor it truly had But in the fingernail, all that stuff But when you talk about Sark maybe he didn't value it as much. It's good to see all of these things he's sort of learning from. Let's go make the degree of difficulty of what he needs to do. Let's lower that down. It's windy again. We saw already on the road a windy atmosphere. Let's go and make sure that we can. You can eliminate these things that add to your margin of error or the human element aspect. And that's where it was like this was a well-called game. You rode Bijan to the end and like there really was everything that you wanted. If you need knew, you just need a victory. Who cares how pretty it looks go win
1: i I think to piggyback on that matt i think we talked about this after the oklahoma game uh it felt like the identity of the offense was shifting away Mm -hmm. from Bijan and going to quinn and to your point rod i think sark just got too caught up in that and thought Mm -hmm. that the identity was changing and i think it was just a miscalculation on his part and i think this game plan i think maybe less about uh humbling himself and, and, and taking it back to basics for Quinn. I think it was about you no know, him saying, him looking in the mirror and saying, no, Bijan's still the identity of this offense. We've got to get our ground game established. It It's very much, Sark talks about it all the time, like you get what you emphasize, and I felt like this week it was, we're going to get back to being a team that wants to run the ball, wants to have success running the ball, a diverse run game. We saw more counters. We saw more gap schemes this week against Kansas than we did against TCU. They didn't really get anything going on on the ground against TCU. So maybe we're both saying the same thing, Rod, just kind of different, but I felt like it was more of Sark saying no – Bijan is the identity of this offense. Let's get back to building a game plan around him.
2: Yeah, but I, I, to me, I do think that's a bit of arrogance, right? Because it, it, at the beginning of the, the season, everybody knows the identity of the offense was Bijan. We said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, my, literally, my motto was put some Bijan on it, and then he shifted the offense. He's the one that got fixated. He's the one that got enamored. He's yeah. the one that got obsessed with the arm of Quentin Ewers and the developmental track and trajectory of Quentin Ewers. and said, all right, you know what, man? My passing game is going to be unstoppable because my route combinations now, my entire playbook is open I can actually create route combinations that no man has ever seen on a football field because I got a golden on the it so it was actually him that shifted that's, I this is me watching it as a, guy, a young quarterback the exactly my football theorist watching the games I was saying and that's why I said it on the show I said I think they're shifting the, the, the balance a little bit I think they're shifting the identity and they did yeah. unsuccessfully I didn't say they should I said that what they were doing I'm just throwing out what I want to yeah. see yeah. and that's why I think it was him a bit of humility man in the mirror moment going damn man I was wrong about that like you said miscalculation I was wrong saying that the identity was shifting toward Quinn Ewers. No, should not at all. It's way too much burden on a young quarterback. Let's get it back to Bijan. Put some Bijan on it. So to me, I think it was a, and I, it's a compliment, in my opinion, for him to say, yeah, you know what, it was a little bit of hubris. Now I express some humility and go, I'm putting Bijan on it. was running on third and long. Mm-hmm. he start running on third and long. Yeah. He did that versus TCU last year when he was putting excessive, gratuitous amounts of B-Shot on it. So I think ain't nothing wrong with being humble, man. nothing wrong with a little humility and recognizing I was wrong. That's part of being a great leader and being a great coach is going, damn, I screwed that up because you're a human, all right? And, and making miscalculations is cool. And as and, and long as you re- learn from it and recognize it, I don't think anything's wrong with it. So no. you might be saying the same thing, but I, I do think it was a point of humility for him to recognize, yeah, I might have screwed that up, saying it, putting way too much on this young quarterback. Let's bring it back to square one. Yeah, I think, okay. we're, I
1: think we're saying the same thing. We're just saying it a little bit different. And, yep. and Kansas yep. is a
2: slump bust. The truth is, you probably could have threw the ball on Kansas and still beat Kansas. Kansas is one of the worst defenses in college football, but he didn't choose to do it that way. He had, you know I mean? He learned from, like Matt said, from his Oklahoma State experience. He also has from the regression of his young quarterback and decided, yeah, the best way for us to win football games is probably gonna be handing it to Bijan 25 to 30 times every game scoring forward. And yeah. everybody and even right everybody knows that, I'm not gonna try to out to outsmart the room and go, well, since they're doing that, let me break tendency. Mm-hmm. Let me try to sucker them in, let me lure them in to eight box. Nope, nope you know what? I'm handing it off. I'm yeah. handing it off. Yeah. He's yep. the best way to do it. I tried to outthink the room versus TCU and I was wrong. Yep. I I I I basically uh I basically uh essentially uh in my opinion I think it was coaching malpractice, right? It, it, you you let them take away your best player. You let TCU come into the game, the biggest game of the season and your best player was taken away with just 12 touch with mm-hmm. just 12 rushes. To me, I think that's him making up. For the, he's this is him making a, He's atoning atoning for what was essentially play calling malpractice versus TCU. Like yes.
1: all the stuff we talked about for the TCU game, Rod, that was missing the diversity in the run game, the perimeter screens. We saw the 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 smoke screen that quick screen to Savion Red. They ran in mm-hmm. one to Keelan Robinson that scored. By the way, we talked about getting Jordan. If you, if you're emphasizing the short game, it's good to get Jordan Whittington involved because he's got those natural running instincts to be able to work through traffic. He led you in targets on Saturday with nine.
2: Yep. And also a reward probably for Sark saying he was the only one that performed at a championship level versus TCU.
1: But I did like what I did like. And we saw even when they did throw the ball, we saw some of the cheat codes. Like I think my favorite throw in that game was I believe they were in a three-by-one. They motion. Xavier Worthy, the single receiver side, and they run that he runs that mm. little post and Quinn hits him. I'm like, Yeah. It's it's a target to motion. It, it's perfect. It's exactly what this how this passing game should function. Use your cheat codes. Use your force multipliers. I thought they did that. I know that's one play, but that's a lot more than what we saw against TCU. So I I don't know. I uh I think too, Rod part of it is I think Sark and, and maybe this is again me trying to psychoanalyze Sark. I think he's thinking for them to beat Baylor, he knows they've got to run the football. And there's something about We've watched this, Rod. You played it long enough to know there's something in football about when you can beat a team running the football, when you can impose your will, there's something about that that feels emasculating to the person and to the team it's happening to. Like when when you run for 427 yards, at that point you can't be like, well, we had some stuff. No, that means you just got your tail kicked period, point blank in the story. You got dominated along the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so but Kansas
2: is just really bad. They me. are bad. Yeah. I mean, Kansas, literally, I mean, they, they are one of the worst defenses in all of the country. Talk about an awesome slump buster for you. So let's be realistic about that. Are we talking about team in the hundreds? In every statistical category, yeah. Yeah, for sure. they're yeah. in the hundreds, and they're ranked toward the bottom. So they're really bad. You're not going to be able to do that versus Baylor. But getting to your point, for Sark, who has been echoing complimentary football the entire time he's been here, and sometimes it's a hollow uh, you know, statement that he's making. Mm-hmm. When He's running the football. That's complimentary football. He's trying to keep his defense off the field. Kansas' best asset, at best phase of the game, was their offense. Well, when you run the ball like that and control the clock and control the game, you keep their offense off the field. Yeah. You limit the amount of possessions they have. I think that's what he really wants to do as well. That's part of it. It's the complimentary football aspect. The truth is, when you're putting the ball in Quinn Ewers' hands this season, that's not complimentary football. Because he's way more risk than reward when you're just putting the ball in his hands. Yep. And that's where
0: also that risk versus reward, I think that's going to be a forever battle with Sark because, you know, his mind, he's rooted in his passing, like when he was a quarterback at BYU, he averaged 10 yards per attempt his yeah, last year. Like, in, And that was an home. era when you didn't yeah. throw the ball. So I think it's going to be a forever battle for him because his psyche is always rooted in this vertical or just using the passing game in explosivity. And I think if he doesn't remind himself, and it's a bummer that he had to do it during the last year that you have Bijan because of the fact that, like, he had to remind himself and had to have a few games of trauma cause him to reassess and get back to the bearings of assessing your talent and your strengths and knowing yes I have this prodigy arm and I he has an arm that I never had but and I got these results what can I do with this offense now with that thing and it led him to stray away a bit from riding writing because even against say TCU who didn't have a good defense doesn't have a great defense at all but their run defense is above average it's a little bit better so like the idea that he wasn't scheming, you know, Bijan into the pass game in that game, and little things like that. It was still the rooted nature of using that Ewers arm downfield. I think this was a good way to reset sort of his mind in that situation. But now going forward, I mean, Jonathan Brooks looked really good, but you aren't going to have a running back that is at this point. So it's a yeah. bummer that he had to sort of have those growing pains in season during a time when Texas could have really contended for something serious.
1: You had to. You're not gonna be able to run the ball as easily against obviously against Baylor that you did against Kansas, but I think to get the offensive line some confidence, mm-hmm. to, to, to bring to Quinn it back. back a little yeah. bit, yeah. to get Bijan revved up and going. It would like you said, Rod, it was the perfect game plan and Rod to your point when you talk about not exposing the defense and really playing complementary football and running the ball, you were at a plus twenty advantage and play differential.
0: Yep. Yep. That's how you get steered towards complimentary yeah. football if you're doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had one drive of substance while the game was still competitive. That's it. And they ended up missing the field goal.
0: Yeah. Yep. And, and touchdown took back. Yeah. And then I- he missed one deep ball. I think that deep ball miss was so big, too. It's one of those deflators, you know, like whenever it look, oh, you have yeah. a guy behind the defense and then you don't get it and you're down 7-0 no and you're punting and then you realize, man, we because by the time Bijan scored his – Third touchdown, but he kept getting called back. Like, it was obvious. Bijan's going to run all day. They can't do anything. They they got to score with Their foot speed was so slow. Bijan was playing with people. Like, he crossed over a player in the open field like he was playing basketball. Like, you don't see running back to do that to people. And you could just tell they had no shot.
2: They had no shot.
1: Uh, I view football – I think I've talked about this. I know I've talked about it on Light the Tower. I've talked about it, written about it on the site. I just view football as – To win games, put yourself in a position where you are dictating the terms of the game, Mm -hmm. however you want to do it.
0: And you can do it as a defense against an offense.
1: However you need to do it, you are dictating the terms of the game. And like you said, Matt, it could be on defense. If you're a pressure defense, no, we we want to throw bodies at the line of scrimmage. We want to be aggressive. We want to dictate terms of the game that way. If you want to play... Field position and in real life, you've got a, a Michael Dixon as a punter, then, hey, we're going to rely on flipping the field because at some point it's going to work in our advantage. So dictate the terms however you can. Texas did it in the most simplest way. You can dictate the terms in a football game. Okay. You run the football, you stop the run. That's pretty much that. Pretty much sums and it up. And that's why Considered. we always
0: talk about success yep. rate and how valuable yep. success rate is, because that's really how you can get to the point where it doesn't matter if you're on offense or defense, you're dictating the terms upon your opponent. Especially the way that we've seen the defenses get weaponized at times, but like can do deceptive things in the numbers game against the offense. It's why the QB run game became so big. But like, if you get into that one situation where you are just reacting to what you're seeing instead of being the ones dictating that terms, you can be playing from disadvantage pre-snap then you can be playing from disadvantage from down in distance situationally and then if you're the team that's always ahead of that schedule it gives you that ability to break mm-hmm. the tendencies and do all those things that make you maximize and it makes it just feel as if the other team's just hoping to catch up and hang on to the rope for the last second yeah
1: i do like the fact too that the play where Bijan went over the top right before halftime Mm-hmm. I was talking to mm-hmm. Jake, I was asked Jake majors in the post game about that sequence where Bijan has a long run and everybody's looking at the clock to see if he can get out of bounds or score. Yeah. And Jake major said he was giddy because he said, we've been working on that goal line play all year. He said, we've never been in a position where it's like a, where the sit, where it's conducive to run in that play. He's like, and when we, he's like, we called it, we were so excited. And, Bijan said he was nervous because he said, Man, yeah, the last time I tried to go over the top and hurdle, a guy didn't go too good. He was talking about the tech game.
0: Yeah, his, his neck, neck been back. Oh, When he landed on his head I in the that. end zone, so, too, he just he didn't get fully tipped. That
2: was a over. crazy yeah, that was a weird time to try to hurdle somebody. Yeah, so he said when he, he
1: landed the in the end zone, end zone, he said like it was almost like a relief. Like,
0: oh, okay, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, uh, he's talking uh, about like the one two the years ago it. when he got Scorpion
1: back. But uh Rod, as impressive as the Texas run game was I'm almost more impressed with the Texas run defense because with Jalen Daniels back, even though he's clearly not 100%, Devin Neal had been on a tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave Kansas nothing
2: yeah, in the run game. Well, that's been the most consistent thing about the Texas defense yep. all year long it has been their rush defense.
0: It's the most uh, reliable thing on the whole team.
2: Yeah, even though, uh, you know, obviously a allowed their first 100-yard rusher versus TCU. That was mostly just on one big chunk yardage run. Um, they've been stout, and I was worried, too, like you, because they had a dual-threat quarterback that could run, either with Jason Bean or Daniel. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it literally didn't matter either because the Texas rush defense came to play. Um, they Once again, man, they, they, to me, that is probably the most remarkable turnaround of any of the position groups or any of the phases that we've seen so far this season from mm-hmm. last year has been the rush defense. I mean, they were historically bad last year, yeah. and now you're talking about one of the better rush defenses in the country. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's, it's it's astounding. And again, in the Big Twelve, you're going against arguably the best running backs in the country. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you, I mean, between. No, you do. Deuce Vaughn, Neil's one of those guys. Miller. He's a really good uh, running back, too. You're going to get some of the better running backs in the country. And, and man, they have been great. And he played Bama, too. So they played Jameer hey. Gibbs, who's also one of the top running backs. Rod, how do you, uh, how you
1: liking the pregame show? My Mo Blackwell call on who, who needed to step up today.
2: Yeah, I like Mo. He looks good.
1: I'm a Mo Blackwell truther. I'm just going to say good. that front and center. Yeah, he looks uh, good, man the Daniel Young fan club that's still membership is still available. Oh, man. I can put it on to the side. Wow. But uh you still yeah. have eligibility. Mo, okay. Mo Mo Blackwell, uh I mean I, if I'm ever gonna get me a Texas jersey for a current player, it ain't gonna be Bijan or X Men. It's gonna be Mo I'm gonna get me a Mo Blackwell jersey. I mean he probably I'll rock the three seven.
2: Normally at this point, you know, you can start having discussion of whether you should start playing him or Tuck. Yeah. I mean truth is, I mean I, I haven't seen anything from Tuck that tells me that he separates himself you know in a in a huge way from Mo Blackwell and what I've seen from Mo Blackwell tells me that more reps he gets he's getting better mm-hmm. so you looking at the rate of development man i i think Mo Blackwell might be earning some more reps I feel in like that spot.
1: I'm feeling the same way about Mo Blackwell right now that we were feeling about Jade Barron at this time last year. I like that. Because we didn't see, like, we talked about who's improving on defense. He was the one guy that I'm like, well, he actually is getting better. Yep. Like, the yeah. eye test is telling you week by week he's getting better.
0: Yeah, and Barron was the happens. one that you could see was doing the same. And then he had the aspects of Thompson, but it was just like he had areas that he needed to improve. But Barron has been on that type of rise the way Ford this year has been that guy that's just soared past all things that expected.
2: Yeah, he's he's next level. I mean yeah. that guy's going to uh, end up with like top 3 in single season. Tackling seasons. Mm -hmm. I brought it up to Jeff, but people
0: have been talking about you know who's Bijan leaving. I was like, man, if Ford gets a good grade back, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves because that position is an area that you don't you only have a certain amount of snaps in the NFL, and if you can even be allowed in at that position. Getting that year on the front end is way better than hoping you get it back on the back end and it gets you to that second contract sooner. To where he's like one of the two. Like I don't know where his measurables are. I haven't seen any mock drafts he with him.
2: Pretty well, but he's I had bad, to yeah. look. He's, I, he's fast I had, if not faster than overshow. And yeah.
0: I had to look him up just to make sure. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, he is eligible. To where like if anybody comes out of nowhere that's going to leave, it'd be that dude because that's how well he's played. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's
1: got he's going to have a decision to make, and he'll do the deal where you. You know, send it into the committee and, and get your feedback. Uh, for me, though, I, and we saw, even saw it in this game, too, a little bit. I think there's some coverage things for him to clean up a little bit if you're going to be an off ball linebacker at the next level. Um, I don't know, Rod, I don't know if that's stuff you try to clean up in college or if you just if they're willing to deal yeah. with you in to the league point, or what.
2: I mean, I, honestly, I don't know if he'd clean it up any more at Texas than he would in the yeah, NFL. That's true. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If they the give him the <laughs> chance, it's only if they're yeah. going to
0: value you that high, it would be smart
2: yeah. to go. Well, I agree with you, though. He does need to clean some of that up. We even mm-hmm. saw that in this past game, um, them get him with that, uh, that seam route uh, down. So, yeah, you can – NFL, I all honestly, eighty-five to ninety percent linebackers are liabilities Right. yeah. And yeah. if so you look, a look at a few of them, are actually strengths and assets. And he
0: advantage. has been this year, but yet the NFL passer rating when targeting against Ford this season is just seventy-three point two, which he, is insanely, he, he, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. insanely impressive. Yeah, it's insanely impressive to be able to, And th- those things are valued really high.
1: Yeah. I want to I want to talk to you about this, Rod. You speak on this. Uh, Jalen Ford was talking in the post game on Saturday. He was talking about his interception. Mm-hmm. And he said it was the coolest play that he's made this year. He said because of the nonverbal communication that went on.
2: Yeah.
1: In other words, when Jalen Daniels broke contained, Marvin Overshone took the quarterback.
0: Yeah. Jalen tried the to get to
1: that spot to mm-hmm. cover the man, and he ends up picking the ball off. I asked Marvin Overshone about it, and he said, Yeah, I'd agree with that. He said, Because we work on that all the time. He said, And Jalen knows in that situation with what we call. If the quarterback breaks contain, I'm going to the quarterback. you got to pick up my guy. He's like, and it worked exactly like we've been working in practice without any verbal communication whatsoever. Mm, That's good. And that tells you guys are in tune with the defense, and they're getting better at doing the stuff we talked about all offseason. They needed to get better at doing.
0: And they're seeing stuff in live time and reading, reacting, and being on the same page because you can't communicate. You just have to mentally all be prepared to that same point where you understand the objective, identify, and can react.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sark talks about football IQ. That's what he mm-hmm. wanted to improve on. Um, I mean, that literally is the definition of it. Mm-hmm. That's what football IQ is all about—in real time, being able to make those snap decisions and being able to execute the game plan or whatever your coverage responsibility is. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a play. It really was. It was a great play all around. I I literally can remember watching it and seeing mm-hmm. Overshown rush and then Jalen Ford kind of drop back in coverage and then a one handed basically pick.
1: Yeah. Um. The, the the only other defensive play I want to the the back to back sequence that I want to point out going back to my love for Mo Blackwell I love <laughs> just shoot shooting a gap getting the TFL on Devin Neal on a third oh, yeah, third and nice. short and then fourth and two that was a terrible play called by Kansas and great job by Jared Thompson to read it come screaming down the alley, alley it was a make a play, play. yeah it was bad yeah that
2: was bad yeah it was not Kansas was flat like that offense was flat and part of it was flat is because Texas never gave them any hope they never gave them any any room to breathe yeah um every time I mean they made a couple of plays here and there for the most part but um, that, that was never any threat, really, from that Kansas. No. And they're the that was t- one of the best offenses in the country. And
0: they were the type of offense that really builds off of each other, like play calls, like yeah. the one where you want to have something that you put in the defense's mind that then you have that backside counter off mm-hmm. of it or something. Like you saw a lot of those plays early in the season, and that's why it's so key. If you started, if you take it away at the front, they have nothing to build those things off of because it looked way more vanilla than half of the stuff they were running back whenever Daniels was healthy.
1: And I think too, part of it was. That they're, they're, the game got to a point where if you realize, and we've seen you yep. see this all the time when one opponent's overmatched, Blind you realize, script. man, if we can't match scores and we're not going to be able to match scores, we got no chance. So let's just try to run the ball and just eat clock and at least limit the amount of time that, that all, their offense is going to be on the field. Yeah. And that didn't even really work because you couldn't run the ball.
2: It didn't. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball. They and really that's what couldn't.
1: everything's built off of with yeah. them.
2: I mean, they went single high most of the time. Honestly, I thought one time they just bring the safety down and go, you know what, Be, throw it. We're daring you to throw it. Yeah. We're going to dare you to throw it on our guys. And they couldn't, they couldn't and they, do nothing. And they, they still never did it. So I, I just think they knew. They they knew. It take. It did not take long to realize, yeah, we're overmatched there. We got no <laughs> shot.
1: I heard from a Kansas source that uh, there were some Kansas defensive assistants that felt like hey, we were in the right place and, 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 and fit the run about as good as we could. And the question was, what happened? He goes, like up front, Texas was just so damn big and so damn good.
0: They blasted like through it. It didn't matter.
1: Didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Didn't I mean,
2: matter. That's, that's, but their defense is, that's, 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 I mean. Which they, went
1: back to the, another follow up when I talked to this person. I was like, so what, what was next in the conversation? Person like, well, I asked the coach, you know, what do you need to do to fix it? was like, I'm cleaning up the language. is a little more colorful. He was like, Recruit better players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, that's the only yeah. fix to that. Exactly.
2: It's, it's not like they, they had a down performance versus Texas. Gosh, they've been that bad all year. Yeah.
1: That was a Texas been versus been Kansas bad. problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like,
0: talent yeah. baseline problem. Yeah, when with The thing that forever Kansas will be a disadvantage against a team like Texas.
1: Yeah. Deuce Vaughn's the happiest man in America knowing he gets to try that defense next. Ooh.
0: Yeah, and you got all the – and Texas
2: just gave you a hell of a blueprint to beat them. you can use it literally all the same place yeah, you can literally do all the same place because they got a guy that can actually make some of those ridiculous cuts you're, uh, if, you're Colin, if, you're <laughs> Klein,
1: if you're Colin Klein if you're you just go to Will Howard and be like Won't you? going to be a light week bud yeah, yeah. Well, well he'll be nothing. throwing man.
2: Worry about a, a quarterback now that can run too yeah. Texas, at least you, you just have to worry about traditional running game hell don't forget about the plus one
0: yeah, yeah, and that Kansas State Kansas game, there's gonna be a ton of points put up because I mean, if in the first half of the Kansas State West Virginia game, it was something like forty-five to twenty-four, or forty-one to twenty-four. Like, that Will Howard was just putting up big-time numbers. So what they're gonna do, it's the Kansas? Like Thirty-five thirteen,
1: at the end of the first quarter. I know
0: it was absurd. That game was just ping-ponging back and forth. Yeah. No, Will Howard is.
2: It's a different he's, offense with him in there. I, I still don't know why. They still ain't sure <laughs> Texas got a gift. God. Thank God.
1: Has he graduated, Rob, from Will Spill the Pill, Howard?
2: Yeah, no, he's worth to yeah. thrill right now.
0: Ah. He's, Vertical he's passing game. Moving yeah, up in the it. world. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's talk about Baylor. Uh, Texas and Baylor on Black Friday, 11 a.m., Bevo's win. Then they get a chance to sit back and watch to see if Kansas can be Kansas. Oh, <laughs> was funny. DeMarvian Overshowed said uh, he was talking to the Kansas guys after the game. He's like, man, I was trying to trying to lift them up to get ready to go play K-State, hopefully light a fire under them. Well, we not after th-
2: you whip their butt like that. They don't yeah. want to hear from you. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, guys, you, you guys are
2: great players. Go yeah. beat K-State. Like, No, they don't believe that right now.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is, Matt, we're talking about this in terms of success rate, man. I, It's, it's funny we talk about this game because – We felt like this was going to be a great line of scrimmage test Mm -hmm. going into the year because we talked about, man, you play Alabama game two, you play Baylor game 12. It's going to be interesting to track the development of the lines of scrimmage and see where they are by game 12. There's no question. We know how good this Texas defensive front is. It's it's a real deal. But you're playing a Baylor offense that is one of the best in the country at run of the football in terms of their success rates. Matt, what were you saying the the numbers were?
0: Yeah, so Baylor on the season uh, is 17th in the country rushing the ball success rate forty-six of the percent of the time they're on schedule. Texas defense is eleventh in the country and it limiting their opponents to just thirty-two point four percent of the time. And if you look at Baylor overall on offense, they're top twenty-five in both, which very few teams in the country are staying on schedule. Forty four percent of the time in the pass game they're top twenty-five, but seventeen percent on the run. So overall they're at sixteenth and Texas's defense is twenty-third. So it's a matchup of Strength and strength, but conversely, the Texas offense is also in the top 25 in both. They're four, 15th overall or 14th overall, excuse me, 15th passing wise on offense, 22 rushing wise on offense, but the Baylor defense, 96th. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that blew me away. I would have never thought coming into it that Texas would be the one clear unit that's elite is like the Texas run defense compared to the Baylor one, where it's eighty-nine 89%, 89th in the country if you look at the rushing. Defense success rate, 96th overall, 96th versus the pass. So, I mean, when you're talking about Texas for, is staying on schedule, 46.3% of the time passing, 44.5% of the time rushing. On the defensive side for Baylor about mirrored. They're 43 and
1: 42%. Yeah, and, in, in, you know, Craig Wad on at the Tower, we had John Morris, the Baylor play-by-play voice on. Um, and I haven't looked at Siaki Ika's PFF numbers or anything like that, but we're talking about it to the three of us before we started recording. And, and John Morris said, "Because I asked about Siaki, because it seemed like that was Baylor's plan. Like you lose a guy like Terrell Bernard, you lo- lose a guy like Jalen Petrie. You can't replace those guys. No. So you, but you got like a preseason All American nose tackle, big hulking guy play over the ball. You feel like, man, you could build your defense out from there. Yeah. And he just hasn't been the force that he was last year.
2: No. And they were supposed to they were supposed to be relying a lot on on player too, to be a good Jackson a player, good player kind of the Tulsa player transfer." That hasn't really worked out the way they thought. I thought the guts of the Baylor defensive front would be one of the best in the country uh, going into the season. I think we all projected that to be the case. That is, they have not been a dominant group. So I thought they were going to consistently demand double teams in the mm-hmm. interior D-line, therefore causing a positive domino effect all throughout the defense where you can win numbers advantage you got everywhere You can win everywhere else. Right? Yeah, you can win numbers advantage everywhere else because, oh, man, they got to devote – three or four to stop your two in the Mm -hmm. middle has not been the case at all. You you, guys getting blocked one-on-one, which makes Baylor a lot easier and I'm more vulnerable uh, to exploit. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. And Dave Miranda being a defensive mind, I will say this. um, I do think Baylor can replicate some of the things that TCU did, although they are not considered a elite defense by any stretch. Neither was TCU. TCU just had a really good game plan as to how to stop Texas, and they it was really specific based on their personnel versus Texas personnel, mm-hmm. and you got veterans versus young guys. They were really key about exploiting the youth and inexperience for Texas up front, putting some of their best guys up against Texas young guys, uh, and by the way, Kelvin Banks ain't that guy, so it <laughs> be specific. They <laughs> Nobody's attacking Kelvin Banks, uh, but you get my point about the other guys on the offensive line, and everybody's blessed to be considered a first-round pick potentially even as a true freshman, but I digress. I think that's what you'll see from Baylor up front. I think they'll be trying to win matchups up front. You'll see linebackers from the second level shooting gaps, run blitzing early on, and I think that's how they'll try to win. They know just lining up against Texas with Bijan Robinson in the backfield, you're not going to win that. You're not going to win that. I mean, that's just Texas has proven time and time again. They can they ran the football against Iowa State. They ran against K-State. They're going to to run against you. Yeah. The yep. two best runs defenses in the Big 12, they can run it against them teams. They can run it against you. TCU was great because TCU decided, all right, we're not going to give them a chance to be able to get hats on hats. We're going to go and disrupt the whole damn thing and blow it up in the backfield before it even gets started. Yep. And that's the way you really got to approach Texas. You got to approach penetration and disruption at the line of scrimmage. If you don't get penetration disruption line of scrimmage, you are done. If, they get, if Texas gets hats on hat with Bijan reading blocks, you're done, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to go into the – you got to have where Bijan is. Read. Can't read. He's get, dancing. Yeah, he can't go down – exactly. He can't go downhill because he's dancing and he's trying to to, to figure out and decipher where the blocks are um, when Texas goes to their zone, blocking schemes inside and out. That's what you got to do because uh, – and I think I think Dave Arunda knows that. Even with the, the guys they got, the, the, the thing for Baylor is they have experience on the defensive front. I think they'll try to exploit Texas' inexperience much like TCU did Try to get matchups, but definitely try to confuse that offensive line by bringing guys from the second level to yeah. shoot gaps. That's kind of the key too, well, and
0: if that's if they are going to have to bring those numbers the way TCU did, like we saw, oh, yeah, Texas, Texas yeah. wasn't able to pass against and take advantage when that was happening because TCU, statistically at least, was going into the Texas game a better, way better run defense than Baylor's is just on a per play basis. Yeah. If you look at EPA per play and stuff, because Baylor's still really bad. To where, if like if you look at this game on paper. The Texas run defense is the one thing that's strong amongst the defenses on both teams to where – TCU was sort of similar to that. They mirrored Texas's run defense, but that's where the num once they bring the numbers game into the situation, then you you have a w- way that you can capitalize. But that just means Texas has to hit on the pass plays, or and it took Texas too long against TCU to realize. All right, we need to go and throw these screens, something on the yep. perimeter, get away from yeah, that I'm interior, really. yet still not attack vertically because the two high are going to be there, and you need to have something underneath and be patient. Well, TCU's also with- running
2: a three high, which I don't know if Baylor runs, a, run, runs in. Exactly. That I know, so dude. that's what, what I am saying, the vertical and passing TCU, game. TCU, I will say this, TCU, even though they gave a lot of big chunk yardage plays, I mean, they were giving up as many 20-plus yard plays. Uh, as anybody in the country when uh, Texas played them.
0: Yeah, they, they gambled. Be the
2: pass. Yeah, because they do gamble. They, got, they had two really good corners. I know Baylor doesn't have two of the best corners in the Big 12. They're probably the best cornerback duo in the Big 12. Yeah,
0: so Baylor's, Baylor's, corners aren't, new, Baylor's
1: corners aren't bad, but they're not TCU's corners. They're not TCU's
0: corners. Yeah, and if they're going to bring, if, say, their game plan is, like you were saying, you know, because they aren't the greatest run defense, they're going to have to bring more numbers and attack those gaps and things along those lines to stop the Texas offense, that means that there at least will be those chances in the pass game on the outside to be able to yeah. take advantage of. You just have to make sure that you're taking them at the right time in the right se- down and distance scenarios. Yeah,
1: we know Dave, Ar- Dave Aranda's M.O. is to play man coverage. And like I said, like you said, Rod, they don't have TCU's corners, but with LaRondo Johnson, Al Walcott, they got guys on the back now, end. they Walcott's a good player. They'll, they'll trust to put them in man coverage.
2: Yeah, Walcott's a good player. I've watched him. He's yeah. a good player.
1: Um so yeah I, I I agree with you 100% Rod I think Baylor's got at least the the framework of their defense they can mimic a lot of the stuff TCU did even if they don't have equal personnel which yeah. we know we know they don't yeah. Um the interesting thing for me is Baylor you know Texas handling this wide zone run game and I, I like Texas' ability to handle it just because this defensive front has been way more disruptive. They can pin their ears back, and I'm a broken record. said it before. I'll say it again, man. The one thing that will kill a zone run game is penetration, and and this Texas defensive front can penetrate. They do, man.
2: No, you're right. I'm not actually concerned that the Baylor running game is going to overwhelm Texas. They may, <laughs> they're going to have their fair share of plays. Trust me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Matt pointed out, the most consistent thing about this defense, arguably the team all year has been the Texas rush defense It has shown up week in and week out even in the tcu game the rush defense kept them in the game because mm-hmm. they, they, it took them forever it took tcu forever to kind of break through that wall so the T, the texas rush defense is going to show up there they're they're a lot more sound on the edges but like you said it's not so much the edges because they're better there but it's because they get so much penetration mm-hmm. so much disruption they reset the line of scrimmage on the interior um and i just I, I, I think baylor's going to plan for that too I think Baylor actually is going to have a plan for Texas being able to penetrate there. So you could see them have some really exotic runs to the perimeter. Uh, I, I've seen them do freaky stuff. They they broke out the bag versus TCU man yep. one game. Yeah. It was wild.
0: Yep, and they finally man, have all, all the running backs back because they had some injuries early yeah. in the year. That Squirrel Williams was out for a couple of weeks, and they were riding that Reese dude. Like, was I mean, he was getting thirty five, forty like touches. Oh, it was insane how much how much of a load he had to carry. Like all through October, there were other guys were banged up, and they weren't able to go to anybody. They had Quaylon Jones maybe as a receiving back out of the backfield for a few snaps, but the workload he had, it sort of made it think that he wasn't going to be able to make it through, and then they finally were able to get that score Williams dude back.
1: Yeah, Richard Reese. I've been impressed with Reese because, again, this was John Morris kind of echoed what I've seen when I saw Baylor. The one Baylor game I really watched was against Tech, and they they just they pulled away from Tech in the second mm-hmm. half. Uh, Richard Reese is only 5'9", 175, but he he runs bigger than mm-hmm. he, than he's listed. Yeah, uh, He runs hard. I agree with that. I'll tell you what, man, not just with the play he made against TCU, but when you look at Baylor's offensive skill, guys, man, who Monterey Baldwin can go, man. The 5'9 guy in the yeah. slot, speedster. They still uh still
2: got some speed. Remember, that was Matt Rose thing, right? Yeah. That's why they were the fastest team, arguably, in college football uh, last season, and we found it out in the NFL draft. They still got some remnants of that.
1: They yeah, how Al, Al, Presley on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got – I mean, Baldwin's I really good. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want it to sound as simple as this, but to me, it almost comes down to okay, which one of these quarterbacks can just not screw it up? Yeah. As, as to what's going to be the difference in the game.
2: Um, Blake Shapen doesn't run as much as I thought he would. I think they're just trying to protect him because he runs. He's just he's a just, he's a he's a he makes bad decisions when he's a runner. Right? Yeah. There's some guys who are responsible runners. It's like, like Josh Allen isn't responsible yeah, he's running. An irresponsible <laughs> runner, right? Some guys know they need to slide, get out of bounds. They protect themselves. He does not.
0: Yeah. He plays he, at one speed.
2: Yeah, and he runs, and he's trying to It's like you're, he's trying to run people over yeah. when they're trying to tackle. It's like, Blake, no. what are you
0: doing, bro? You don't need to knock you your doing? own shoulder That's out.
2: That's not what's best for the team. So I, they kind of limited him. I think they discourage him a little bit from running because he doesn't run as yeah. much. Um But what I'm worried about with Texas in this matchup, and it's like I said, not necessarily the rush defense. I think Texas will hold their own and win their fair share. First down. And just, Baylor runs, uh, you know, obviously like close to 60% of the time or whatever on first down. Mm-hmm. But like, go look at where their big plays happen. They get a lot of big chunk yardage plays on first down. It's actually the down where they average the, the lowest yards per rush because everybody's stacking the box. It's, a, you know, it's, a, it's their yeah. usual standard rundown. So everybody assumes they're going to run and they know that. So, man, they get so many teams with great play action and yes. nice RPOs on those first down, So go look at some of their chunk yards plays. A lot of them come on first downs. Um, and I think for Texas, that's what you got to watch. Because I think they're going to win first down when you run. But sometimes there, Jeff Grimes has said, you remember we talked about Easter eggs? Like, you know, in uh-huh. the movies, they leave Easter eggs in the movies, mm-hmm. like in the credit scenes. So it'll reveal, foreshadow something in another uh, storyline or whatever. Baylor has a ton of Easter eggs in their offense. Man, you can see them in the first. You go back in the first going to go, oh, they've been setting that up for the last two quarters. They have a ton of them. And sometimes they'll almost waste some downs, I think, to set up something later. Yeah. And they do it on first down, man, because they know everybody's thinking run, 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 run. And that's where they get a lot of their chunk yards plays on play action. So. Texas needs to win first down, not only running and rush defense, because I think they're going to do that, but, man, watch those chunk yardage plays on first down. That's so what a guy like Blake Sims
1: will get him. They love setting up the play-action oh, passes to the oh, tight end.
2: With some of those those plays where he goes basically a, a, across the field, like mm-hmm. to the other other hash or the other sideline, yeah. goes up the other hash mm-hmm. when they go play-action to the, to the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, they do a lot of freaky stuff like that. By so. the
1: way, Rod, uh, Blake shaping this year on play-action passes, uh, 11 of his 14 touchdown passes have come on play action
2: and I, it's I, all their money yeah. I'm telling you, and I bet a lot of the, I bet the deep ones have come on like early
1: down. And that's that's his, also his highest yards per attempt are on play action passes. He's at 9.2 per attempt. On play that's
0: action. where Texas, if Texas can man up and play in man real well. Because a lot of times if you're in man, you, the corner isn't actually affected by play action because you're locked in, you're man in phase or whatever, so you don't have to worry too much about it. That's one thing where you hope, because I know that if you look at – Uh, Baldwin, out of the slot, he's something like 3.17 yards per route run. Like He's great. And that Gavin Holmes, when Baldwin was out injured, he was putting up insane numbers, too, to where their best receiver and most impactful one – is in the area that's not only impacted by play action the most when you're in the slot, but also in the weakness in the middle of the field where Texas has shown that vulnerability to where, like, that scares a lot. If you look at Monterey Baldwin versus Man this year, mm. 4.72 yards per outrun just yeah. obliterates it compared wow. to just 2.37 against zones. So, like, basically this is the opposite of what I saw with the Bama receivers, yeah. and the yeah. Bama receivers – they couldn't do anything against man their entire career. Meanwhile, against Baylor, their best player does it best when he just gets those opportunities, and hopefully Texas can hold up in the. They got the slot. so much
2: speed, I think. I think that's yeah. why they just they have so much success versus man. Yeah. Because once they get away from you, you got wide open field. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, everybody
0: else, there's nobody else that really stands out against man coverage. But Baldwin, he's back healthy, and he's really, really good against it. Yeah. If Holmes has to come in, Holmes was the guy that when he was out was filling in a bit more for Baldwin. But he's like against zone three point six eight or three point eight nine yards per outrun against. This man just .68. Like point. he reads just like those Bama receivers do. To dude. your
2: point about the middle of the field, uh, Blake shaping is great in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. 72% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, three interceptions when throwing, zero to 19 yards in between the numbers right at the most vulnerable spot for Texas, 8.9 yards per attempt. So you want to watch. That's where a lot of those play action shots, mm-hmm. all the RPO game, he's going right there. Yep. That's the sweet yep. spot.
1: Rod, I'll end this on a DB question for you. Uh, elaborate as much or as little as you want. Deshaun Jamison was back against KU, mm-hmm. but Terrence Brooks started and, again, played well. He did play well. If you're Terry Joseph and PK, do you go back to Deshaun Jameson or do you just let the young guy play it out? Because I haven't seen a reason for them to take Terrence Brooks off the field. Um,
2: I probably would leave Deshaun Jamison. i go back to Deshaun Jamison just because this season – he actually has been pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I haven't seen the regression this year. Last year was true regression. I still I would rotate snaps because a young man. Obviously, Terrence Brooks has earned some reps, but I'd probably go back to Deshaun Jameson considering the uh, you know the experience that he has and his playmaking ability. I like Terrence Brooks, but he had not made any plays on the ball. Yeah, well, and let yeah, me ask you, You throw at Deshaun Jameson five times, he's going to get his hands on one of them balls. Well, and Jeff, that's well, just I'm- the way it is. I- I'm not sure if that's the case with Terrence Brooks.
0: I didn't follow the news like, leading up yeah. to last week as much. Did Jamison get to practice all week? Because that can affect a lot of about. Val- yes. Because okay, yes. yeah. the yeah. concussion thing is a thing that where you don't know if he's playing for sure. But if he didn't get all the reps leading up, I could easily see him not getting the snaps. But in when you get a full week of reps and you still don't play, then that's a bit more telling. It's
1: a senior. It's senior day too. Yeah. so I probably yeah. I probably figured he was gonna start. Um, What's interesting, though, real quick, Rod, staying with the DBs, this is the last home game, and it's coming down to the end, for the guys that are left over from that 6-DB signing class of 2018 that on Damn. paper was the best DB class anybody had ever signed. And it's interesting, all three of those guys, Anthony Cook, Deshaun Jameson, DeMarvin Overshone, look at the roller coaster, all three of those guys. Like Deshaun Jameson started as a wide receiver. Wasn't B.J. Foster in that group? B.J. Foster, yep, Caden, Caden Stearns, Stearns. Caden Jalen Green were the six.
2: Damn. Who was Man. the sixth one? Jalen Green. Oh God! Yeah, I forgot about the Transferring to Mississippi guard. State? Yes, Mississippi State. Wow, man! You know what? You're right, though. Honestly, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a benefit of benefit to Anthony Cook um, as he tries to you know keep his uh, dreams alive of playing in the NFL. Yeah, because the fact he's played a lot of different spots is gonna help him uh, try to keep those aspirations alive. And for Demarvin Overshale, moving was the best thing that happened to him. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. he's going to the Senior yeah. Bowl as a linebacker. And yeah. I asked him, I said. Like when did you? A new age linebacker. I, yeah. like, when did you buy into it? He's like, after the Oklahoma game that year in 2020, he's like, I stopped telling people I was a safety slash linebacker. So like, mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, no, I'm a linebacker.
2: You're a linebacker, man. It's all good, but you're a fast linebacker. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now
1: you're the guy that leads speed almost.
2: Yeah. Actually, I take that back. Honestly, with linebacker now, he yeah. may just be average speed.
0: Yeah, that's you crazy. Know what we've seen
2: at linebacker the combine yeah. lately, yeah. those guys are running four fours. Yep. Like four five doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stand out anymore at linebacker. Four yeah. five is like yeah all right that's good.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Because I mean it seems like Jalen Ford's is faster faster. Jalen Ford he. is faster than DeMarvin yeah, Overshaw. I thought you know, he looks clock, like
2: it. He's been clocked with the monitors as fast, if not faster than Marvin Overshawn.
1: Yeah. And I'm gonna be if Sean Jameson makes an NFL roster and he's a uh, gets reps to the next level as a nickelback, I might just oh I might <laughs> smash something.
2: You to take your pants off. And then run around the house. Your wife's gonna be like, What's wrong with you, Jeff?
0: <laughs> yeah, if he ends up doing it for Dallas, he will. Anybody else, he will be angry.
2: Uh man, that's a good point though. Yeah, because basically the Quandre he, Diggs thing is kind perfect of perfect
1: cowboy safety. He's gonna be a low investment. You move him there, he's gonna he's gonna be good. So I don't know. I could be dead wrong about Deshaun Jameson, but he we'll he screams Dallas Cowboys Safety Project.
2: <laughs> what does Rojo scream to you? What team does Rojo scream to you? Uh, Some yeah. people say Patriots because he's just a special. Oh team. yeah, no, for sure. Right Bag it'll be cheap.
0: Yeah, no, his Let's bludgeoning see, spot in the and the way he can—he's so good in the pass game that is like know. yards per route run. Trying to figure and this out. No, man, no, you're get. right, man, man. He fits that mold perfectly, and they've been going through. They don't want to keep Harris. He, they no, cut JJ Taylor. They I like Ramon Jerry to bludgeon. He's actually—you yeah, said he's it perfectly. Guy. I
1: think yeah. he's in the in the somewhere in that McVeigh, Shanahan, Lafleur. Shannon could oh he would be great to yeah. Shannon. And the Rams too. are terrible at running back. I can see I can see Sean McVay doing oh, with the Roshawn Johnson. They yeah, need I, I can see Shadow
2: saying, like, I need you to be a one cut guy. Just teach me to be a
0: one cut guy. Yeah. And, I mean, he could do it. Ro-
1: what are yeah, you talking about? That's, that's kind of the run of is. Ro- Ro- he's a one-cut, get vertical mm-hmm. kind of guy. You
0: said Rams. That's a perfect one, too, because I remember Malcolm
1: Brown at, oh, the, at the beginning of the week one. was yeah.
0: tweeting out, or at the beginning of the year, that. I want to do this tailgating thing. I, I, I'm i out of football. And then a week later, he signed <laughs> he's signed with, with the Rams, Rams. and yeah. he's out they there playing half yeah. the snaps. we running
2: that system, that shallow runs. Yeah. Be good in it. We
1: know the Packers, they stockpile running backs, mm-hmm. the, the Dolphins. Are, we'll,
2: Honestly, i tell you who else seems like a Rojo guy. Sway it. Pete Carroll.
0: You know Oh
2: Pete yeah, <laughs> he likes oh, Longhorns. He wants an excuse. That kind of running back, that kind of guy, plays yeah. specialty. Even oh. though
0: they just spend all a se- second round pick on Kenneth Walker, and Kenneth Walker is like maybe the best running back in the league this year, he still makes it an effort to throw Travis
1: Homer and DJ Dallas
0: and all these he other guys. He, he, guys. he he plays yeah. three of them every
1: week. I'm telling you, they got I mean. mileage out of like Chris, like Chris Carson and cats like that. I'm you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Ojo
0: would fit right in. <laughs> and you're right, Rod right. Rashad I mean, Penny. Was a dude Pete Carroll.
1: Pete Carroll's brought in like he's brought in like Jackson Jeffco and uh, Jason Hall, Tyrone Swoops. uh, They brought in uh, Devontae Davis. Yeah,
0: Pete Carroll loves him. When he he lost Earl Thomas, he traded for Quandre Diggs to do (laughs) his exact role. He does, dude. He likes longhorns, just saying. Rojo with Pete Carroll, And Long ball Dixon. We got
1: uh, got plenty of time to talk about the draft, but we'll see how it goes on Friday, on Black Friday, against Baylor. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod we appreciate the time and the knowledge.
3: Anytime, brother, anytime.
1: For Matt for Rod for everybody, the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019 AM twelve sixty, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you get Rod Babers each and every weekday with my cards on Baldon Life from three to seven. Same as book. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to Noon. And thanks to Matt, get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows are available on the Longhorn Blit SoundCloud page.
0: Yep, just type in Longhorn Blit. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Horns two four seven. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button to get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. Happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game.